This is The House Call. What's everybody? Welcome back to The House Call podcast. My name is Matt. I'm here with Corey, Alex, and Ernesto. We're going to talk about this crazy NFL weekend that we just saw. We saw historic comebacks. We saw people blowing leads. We saw stupid, crazy end-of-the-game plays that we never want to talk about again. And lots more crazy injuries and stuff like that. But first... I want to give a quick out, shout out to our sponsor, and that's Liquid IV, my personal favorite hydration supplement and the best hydration supplement on the market. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at the checkout, the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. That's 25% off anything that you order when you use our promo code at the checkout. Now, we got to get into some of this NFL stuff. First, we'll go over some of, some of the uh, news and notes around the league. The first one I got is Jonathan Taylor, placed on season-ending IR with a high ankle sprain. Taylor previously missed time earlier in the season with an ankle injury. This is going to end what has been an obviously underwhelming season for Jonathan Taylor. Shout out to all my guys who drafted Jonathan Taylor number one overall in fantasy. Have fun in the uh, consolation brackets in your leagues because uh, he has been an absolute bust as far as fantasy goes. And then obviously for the Colts too, we'll talk about them later, but definitely an underwhelming uh, season for them. And that's uh, Jonathan Taylor going on IR and what is uh, a very underwhelming season for both. Next, we got Packers cutting Sammy Watkins before yesterday's Monday night football game. And then today he was picked up by the Ravens off waivers. So Packers weren't really utilizing him anymore. The breakout of uh, rookie, Christian Watt, uh, rookie Christian Watson, uh, they felt like he wasn't needed anymore. Obviously, Romeo Dobbs, another rookie. Uh, Sammy Watkins, former number four overall pick in the 2014 draft. He hasn't lived up to expectations. And he's going to go to Baltimore and join the likes of Devin Duvernay, Demarcus Robinson, Deshaun Jackson, for those Ravens wide receivers, they could use all the help they can get out there in uh, Baltimore. We also got Jets quarterback Mike White. He's still not cleared to play for the Jets. After taking those big hits and fracturing a rib a couple weeks ago versus Buffalo, he's still not cleared to play, and you know who that opens the door for. Everyone's favorite quarterback, Zach Wilson, is going to make his second straight start for the Jets on Thursday night versus the Jags, which is going to be a, form a matchup of the former number one and number two overall picks in 2021. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence with the Jags quarterback going first and Zach Wilson, the Jets quarterback going second. And who would have thought at the start of the year that a Jets versus Jags Thursday night game in December would end up having massive playoff implications with the Jets fighting for that last wild card spot and the Jags controlling their own destiny to win the AFC South. What a crazy turnaround it's been for them. Uh, they've started to get some big wins out there in Jacksonville. Uh, next, we'll go to uh, Eagles tight end, Dallas Goddard. He just got activated off the uh, injured reserve to the active roster, and he will play this week first Dallas. Uh, Goddard will be in, appearing in his first game since he suffered the shoulder injury in Week 10 and their Week 10 loss against uh, Taylor Heineke, Ernesto's boy in the Commanders. Uh, Goddard is a pretty big impact player for them, and even though he's missed the last five games, he still ranks eighth in tight end yards. So that'll be a big addition for the Eagles. But another big Eagles topic that we got to dive into, the first one that I'm going to include these guys on, is the Jalen Hurts injury. Sprained right shoulder on a late quarterback run versus the Bears. He stayed in the game, but you could tell he was banged up. At first, I thought it might be a collarbone, which would be, you know, season ending, obviously, but he ended up being okay. Uh, he's feared to miss this upcoming game against the Cowboys, which is obviously one of the most highly anticipated games of the year. Uh, the two best teams in the NFC East battling it out. He was obviously the MVP favorite before the odds broke, or before this news broke as well. And now Mahomes is the MVP favorite because they're assuming Jalen Hurts is going to miss the game. Obviously, the Eagles have the number one, or they have the division basically locked up. They've got a three-game lead on Dallas with three to go, so they only need one win. And they basically have the NFC, NFC's number one seed locked up as well. Uh, they just need one win in their last three because they have a two-game edge on Minnesota with the head-to-head -head tiebreaker. And also, 
We know who that may open the door for this Sunday. The legend, Gardner Minshew, may be in line to make a start for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Ernesto, I'll go to you first on this one, man. Do you think Jalen Hurts plays, and do you think he even should play, considering the fact that they've almost got everything locked up? No, he should not play. He should sit his ass down, sit on the couch, sit on the bench, do whatever the hell you need, warm that shoulder up because they need you in that playoff run. Let Minshew Mania run wild for the next three weeks. I agree, is, yeah. I think That's I think it. I think it's a really good opportunity for them to, to, first of all, get him some rest because he's obviously their franchise at this point. And, you know, if he didn't get hurt, he'd still be the MVP favorite. So uh, I'll ask you, Alex, do you think that the, the Eagles can still beat the Cowboys without him and, and with Gardner Minshew in that lineup? Honestly, I do think I think so, personally. And that's not me just being a Cowboys hater. But if I would say that, I would say they would dominate them 50-0. to zero. Um, But... You're looking at a team that is – they lost to the Jaguars. Yep. You, you, it, you took the Jaguars of all teams to overtime. Philly has been pretty dominant against good teams. And similar to how Ernesto said, I, uh, Jalen Hurts should not start. Because the, the, the minute he goes back out there, it's going to be another Tua situation where he goes back out there and plays a game he doesn't need to play, and then he further injures his, his, his body, and then he can't play in the playoffs. And that's not that's not dissing on Gardner Minshew. Minshew Mania is phenomenal, you know, but he's not going to be the, the guy that leads you to a Super Bowl. You need your franchise guy in Jalen Hurts to really bolster your offense into that playoff room because he adds an element to that offense that Gardner Minshew can't bring. But I do think I think with Minshew, if Minshew does the right thing, he plays game manager football, you know, he does his role, which I think he should do it for the rest of the season personally. If, as long as Jalen Hurts is unhealthy, until he is fully healthy, he should not play. That I agree. is that is just straight up. I agree. Yeah, I think they. I'm personally we we're, we're, we do our we do our picks here at House Call, and we're supposed to submit them tomorrow. I'm picking the Eagles in this game. Just a forewarning. Oh, yeah, like exactly. I'm I'm picking the Eagles to win this game because we see the Cowboys. They've been looking forward to this game for however long, and they've been you know they almost lost to the Texans, and then they lost to the Jags last week. Looking forward to this game, so yeah. and now with Jalen Hurts in, they're uh, they're going to take them for granted. They're going to take the Eagles for granted. They're going to think they can beat them because they don't have Jalen Hurts in. I think the Eagles win this ball game. But Corey, I'll go to you on this one, man. Uh, I talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, the MVP odds now, Patrick Mahomes is the favorite. How do you think this injury affects Jalen Hurts as far as the MVP goes? I mean, honestly, given the statistics he's point up uh, put up all year. I really don't think it affects him much. Like, I feel like he's done so much of a great job this year as an individual player that he can miss one or two games, even the rest of the season. And he's still, in my mind, the odds on favorite. Like, yeah, Mahomes is going to do what he does. He's going to have these magical plays and these unbelievable moments. But ultimately, I think Hertz deserves it because of everything he's done for the franchise and the matter of his time on the team so far. Except, you know, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. I don't, I don't think he's won a playoff game as an Eagle. But no. no. Mm-hmm. That, that's going to change. That will change. He's thrown less picks. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Yeah, he's thrown yeah. less picks. And people, I think people underestimate with Jalen Hurts the impact that he has rushing. He's got 13 rushing touchdowns on the year. Like, that's a ridiculous number of rushing touchdowns from your quarterback. And, you know, some of them are those crazy QB sneaks where they line up in, like, a rugby formation and they just shove them into the end zone. Yeah. Which, which is, you know, kind of a – I don't even know if that – I don't even know how to describe those plays, but – um, he still gets credit for those touchdowns. So I think Jalen Hurts, he still is the MVP favorite, but I don't know if he can withstand the losing a game or two as far as being injured, as far as MVP goes, because 
Mahomes is his, if you guys go check out the Kansas City remaining schedule, like Mahomes might throw 15 touchdowns the last three games. Like they're they have a ridiculously easy schedule, and they're going to have to win all of those games because uh, because you know Kansas City's fighting for that number one seed. So I bet uh, Mahomes is going to you know just go on a crazy tear down the stretch and you know take away the MVP. But I think Jalen Hurts right now still is the favorite. But I think if you know he misses a couple games, that might hurt his chances. But uh, we'll transition. We went just talked about some Eagles things. We'll transition to, in my opinion, who is their biggest rival as, as far as the uh, NFC goes for the uh, the Super Bowl at this point. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. We saw them on Thursday night beat the Seattle Seahawks 21 to 13 in a game that just felt like the, nom- the, the Niners kind of dominated from the jump. Uh, they moved to 10 and 4. They clinched the NFC West with the win. And the final pick in the 2022 draft. Mr. Irrelevant, 49ers quarterback, Brock Purdy. He looked pretty good for the third straight week, man. I don't know. Uh, you know, the, the, the 49ers have a pretty quarterback-friendly offense, but this guy looks like he might be the real deal. Against another solid opponent on the road, his first two opponents, the Bucks defense were, was kind of banged up, and then Miami's not really known for their defense. But this one was on the road at Seattle. We know they have a very hostile home crowd. And Brock Purdy went out there, and he put on a show, man. He was making some great plays. And he looked like the guy. So, Ernesto, I'll start with you on this one, man. Is Brock Purdy for real? Like, are we – can what, – what do we think about Brock Purdy right now? Brock Purdy is as, is as for real as <clears> – <throat> Your man. I forgot my one-liner, but it's okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but Brock Purdy is going to be one of these people that is going to get overhyped and he's going to fall hard. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that – is not to jump on the man. Yes, you're doing good in a backup role, but I, I don't think the team is yours. I don't think that it's your stuff. I think that, honest to God, you are privileged to be in the system that you're in. You are privileged to have Christian McCaffrey carry the ball 26 times. You're privileged to be able to throw to George Kittle, throw to Christian McCaffrey as your flat, and have Brandon Ayuk running routes for you. Yes, you don't have Debo, but that offense is so stacked that you don't need Debo to win games. All he does is game manage. He dropped back 26 times. They ran a, a total of 30 times. Uh, 26 for McCaffrey, 4 for M. Jordan. I don't know yep. who the hell he is. That's why I said M. Jordan. Michael Jordan? He playing football <laughs> yeah, he's now? Back. I had Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason. Mason? Let me see. Uh, yeah, Jordan Mason. Yeah. Yep. He's a good-looking young back, too. He, he runs hard, but... Yeah, Brock Purdy, I don't know, man. Like I said, he's faced some pretty weak defenses to start off the year. I think he's, you know, I think he's he's a very he's obviously proven to be capable so far, but I don't know if he's he's quite the solution just yet. We might want to pump the brakes on that one, but I mean, the Niners have won six straight. Last loss they had was the Kansas City and CMC's first game with the team. So, they currently have the best defense in the NFL, all the playmakers they have. They're currently the 3 seed behind Philly and Minnesota. Um, but Alex, I'll ask you that. I'll ask you this, man, because Niners have been looking so good. Are they are they the favorite of the NFC right now, or do you still got Philly? Um, I think it really. I think it really solely comes down to the health of Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, once they reach the playoffs, um, I do think Philly's gonna just have that edge to st- still take the one seed. But when it comes to playoff time, Jalen Hurts is inexperienced in the playoffs, and that's that's being honest. Yep. Um. So it's really going to come down to can the number one defense right now, it's probably going to be the number one once the playoffs come, but can the number one defense stop the best team in the NFC? You know, 
can they stop them? Which I believe that they can. I think if there's one team that's going to stop Philly from going to the Super Bowl, it's going to be the 49ers. I agree. That defense is just going to it's just going to run all over them in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Plus you have an inexperienced quarterback in the playoffs. It's it's just a combination for it's just a combination for a loss. You know, I think I think it's going to be the 49ers that beat the, the Eagles. We're going to have, either way, we're going to have some wild, like, quarterback NFC championship game possibilities. Like, before the season, if you would have been like, hey, Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy in the NFC championship game, I would have been like, first of all, who's Brock Purdy? Second of all, <laughs> the Eagles are making it to the NFC championship game. Like, this is, you know, or, or like Daniel Jones. And, like, these are some of the quarterbacks that we got. Ernesto's boy, Heineke. Like, these are some of the guys who we're talking about maybe, you know, making a run in the NFC. Like, the NFC is very, obviously, you still got Brady out there and Kirk Cousins, too, like, Jared Goff, maybe who knows about the Lions, but like the you know these are these are some quarterbacks that like you before the season started you would have never thought were making a run and one of those quarterbacks this year who you know we're we're still talking about this team with the for the playoffs is still we're talking about the Seahawks because they're right now they're seven and seven they're just on the outside looking into the playoffs uh, they're currently tied with like I said the Lions they're one game back of the Commanders for that seventh and final playoff spot but they've been going in the in the opposite direction of the Niners lately they've been losing a lot of, a lot of games lost to the Panthers. They haven't been looking great. They're in their final three games. They got Kansas City next week, so not looking good for that one. Then they got the Jets, and then they got the Rams. So, Corey, I'll ask you this one, man. Do you think the Seahawks can hold on to this, uh, or do you think they can sneak into a final playoff spot in the NFC? That's hard. I want to say yes, but just looking at who they're facing in the next few games, yeah, like Geno Smith could just shit the bed and just, you know, not show up when he has to yep but it's it's possible even if they do i just i don't see them getting past the wild card just depends who they face yeah it's gonna be it's for sure whatever matchup they get is gonna be tough i think if they can get into that seven seed we'll talk about this one a little bit later but i think if they can get to that seven seed and they got minnesota first round like they could beat minnesota like minnesota we'll talk about it a little bit later i don't think minnesota is <laughs> all that but but uh but yeah i think the seahawks if they can somehow get in I think they can make a run, but I don't think they're getting in. I think the Detroit Lions are getting in. We'll talk about uh, – I want to bring up the Lions real quick. Their final three games are Carolina, Chicago, Green Bay. I think the, I think the Detroit Lions, again, something I never thought I would say at the beginning of the season, are going to slide into that number seven seed. And I'm, I'm calling this right now. If it's the Vikings versus the Lions in the first round of the playoffs, the Detroit Lions will beat the Minnesota Vikings in the first I'm round of the playoffs. I'm telling you, the Lions are legit. The Lions they're are legit. nice. Do For, like, the sleep. first time in, like, the history of the NFL, at least in my – I'm only 21, so I ain't been yep. around for very long. The Lions are not complete and total dog shit. The Lions have They're been not, around for – the Lions have been around years. for way, way longer than before you were born, way longer than before I was born, and they have never been relevant. So this exactly. is easily – but besides the, the, the Matthew Stafford Megatron years – this is the most yeah. relevant the Lions Besides have been. Besides the year, which I think it was like 2012 or 2013. I can't remember the year. But the year that they made the playoffs and lost to the Seahawks. That was the last time mm-hmm. the Lions went to the playoffs. This year, everybody, going into it this year, everybody was like, okay, the Lions are probably going to have the first overall pick like they usually do. And, I'm, and I looked at it, and I was like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is this is a year where there's like, they got some good guys. And I think if they start off strong... Or, you know, maybe they don't start up strong, but if they kick it in gear at the right time, they could potentially make a playoff push. And they kicked it in gear at the mm-hmm. right time. Yep. Started 1-6 on the year. And, and ever one, their last since seven. then, 
They are 6-1 and one in their last seven mm-hmm. games. They are trying to prove a point. Even if they don't make the playoffs, for the first time in over six years, they will not have a top-five pick. And that's something to take note of they, with they, Jared they, Goff at quarterback. They will have a top-five pick. They got the Rams' top-five pick from the— Right, from they the, will. From the, from they the, will, uh, yeah. Matthew Stafford trade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they'll have a top-five pick, but not because of their record. Yep. It'll yeah. be because of somebody else's pick. The Detroit Lions, I'm here to tell you, they're making the playoffs and they're going to the second round. They're uh, sweeping and, the Packers. And then, I'm and making then, a prediction. They're going to sweep Aaron Rodgers. And then we'll see that from there. Cool. But but we're, we're, we love the Lions here on the House Call Podcast. And Lions fans, <laughs> you, deserve, you deserve some sort of joy. Y'all deserve some the, praise this season. Man, man. After, I don't know. Y'all been going off. Yeah, after, it's, not like, it's not like they've just beaten only bad teams like some teams in the league that have really good records. Have. They, they've beaten the Vikings. Yep. They just about beat the Bills. They gave the Bills mm-hmm. a run for their money. Yep. They beat, and it's not saying that they beat the Packers isn't much, but they beat the guy who's pretty much swept them almost every single year for like the past decade. Yeah. So like, I mean, they beat Minnesota that too. That says they, something. They just beat exactly. Minnesota, and they, you know, the and this team's been playing a lot better. They beat the shit out of Jacksonville. It was forty and to fourteen. They beat so. they beat the shit out of the Giants, and this is when mm-hmm. the Giants were like having that really good uh, six game push. Yep. And and you can tell and you can tell a good team by point differential as well. And they're they're a plus five point differential as a five hundred team. So which is actually better than the Vikings, which I'll talk about a little bit better, but a little bit later. But the Lions, man, don't sleep on the Lions. The Lions are making the playoffs, and they are if they play the Vikings, they're winning that first round game. Oh yeah. But, all right, so let's jump from one game that had massive playoff implications. We were just talking about the Seahawks to another game that had really, really, really big wild card implications for the NFC. And that was Giants first Commanders. The Giants take down the Commanders 20 to 12. This just seemed like a hard-nosed December football game. Maybe it's because both of these offenses are sometimes painful to watch, but it just felt like a super hard-nosed defensive December cold weather football game. The Giants win, moves them to 8-5 and 1, one step closer to a playoff first. They now have the tiebreaker over Washington as well. I thought Saquon Barkley played his best game in a while. Kayvon Thibodeau, he was everywhere. 12 tackles. Stuff Heineke on that last drive, including as well as a strip sack touchdown in the first half. But what everybody was talking about from this game was the pass interference call in the end zone, fourth and goal from the six. Washington's trying to go in to score less than a minute left. And it looked like Curtis Samuel, the Washington wide receiver, was mugged and basically worn like a backpack on his back <laughs> by the Giants corner, Darnay Holmes. And it would have been a first and goal. It would have put the ball on the one-yard line. Obviously, Washington still would have had to score and convert a two-point conversion to tie the game. But we saw officiating impact some results this weekend as well. We've seen some bad officiating this year, in my opinion. And one of those calls, we, uh, you know, I won't dwell too much on it, but it was a guy whose foot looked like it was on the, was on the chalk, and they said the call stands for a touchdown in, a, in a, another game that had playoff implications, but we won't talk about that one. But So I'll go to you first on this one, Ernesto. Uh, do you think this call cost the commanders a game? It's the second time the commanders lose that a bullshit call cost them. They lost against the Vikings because of a roughing the kicker call, even though the kicker literally finished his motion, and when he finished the kick, it hit the player. The player did not run into him, and then they also did it on uh, this call where he's clearly being like, come here, homie, I love you. Like, I love you, bro. Come here. <laughs> Don't forget like, the uh, the false start call or something like that that was on uh, Terry McLaurin. Man, yeah, I'm like another bad call. Everyone knows me on this podcast as the Heineke supporter, the Heineke lover, and you know, not you, <sighs> me. 
Never. Yeah. <laughs> no, never, never. But no, uh, Saquon Barkley has disappeared the last few weeks, and then he had a resurgence game. This was just one of those, like, you know, the uh, DMZs, the D- DMZ, right? Yeah. DMZ is really cold. Uh, so is New York at this time of year. And, you know, it was a really ground and pound game defense, not a lot of passing, a lot of wind. But I think that call definitely did affect it because you would have been at the first and goal with Heineke, who could do a sneak. You also got, you know, Brian Robinson, who's a power back that could just stuff it in there as well. You could also do maybe a, a fade route to the corner with Terry, who's pretty tall. And, you know, there's all these options, but, you know, we can't dwell on it anymore. Just go on. And I think uh, I'm on tomorrow's episode. I'll, I'll talk about the commanders tomorrow. Yeah, that's a it's a frustrating one. I'm not. I personally never like to blame the officials for a loss because there's, you know, uh, you know, hundreds of plays in the game. So it's hard to blame the officials for one loss. But when it's the last play of the game and you're going in to score a touchdown and they miss a call that bad, it's like, come on, bro. Like, you got to you got to get that one at least, you know, like that's one that you got to get right. And Commanders fans, uh, I definitely feel for you because that one was bad. But as far as the Giants go, they were six and one at one point. Then they went one and four. They came a little bit back to the pack. And that was a massive win. For them to get a little bit closer to the playoff spot in the nfc the defense played well as well uh, after struggling that five game stretch they were allowing 28.3 points per game in that five game stretch and they've got a good shot at the playoffs now but their final three games are pretty tough they got minnesota who's the second best team in the nfc then they got indianapolis and then they got philly who may be resting starters week 18 because they probably will have clinched everything by then but uh alex i'll go to you on this one man Considering how the Giants looked at the start of the year, how shocking would it be that this team makes the playoffs? And do you think they can do anything once they get there? Not going to beat Minnesota. I, I don't think they're going to beat Minnesota. They, I don't think they're going to beat Philly either, personally, even with Gardner Minshew. So it all is going to come down to that that middle game um, against, I forgot, I forgot who you said. Indianapolis. Um, Indianapolis, because it's Indianapolis. You're going to beat Indianapolis. I don't think the Giants lose to Indianapolis, personally. They're not that bad, but <laughs> Vikings and Philly. I think I think Vi- the Vikings and Philly get, get those wins. I don't know if they, yeah. you know, if by chance they somehow manage to be at least Minnesota because they're not beating Philly. You're you're not touching Philly. Um, <laughs> if they somehow by chance get to beat Minnesota and the Colts and get into the playoffs, first round exit, depending on who they face. I don't yeah. Know. I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty with you on the Giants as far as their their playoff hopes if they get there. You're, you're not winning too much with Daniel Jones, and especially you have no wide receivers. The defense has kind of been up and down, and you're relying solely on Saquon Barkley, who... Yeah, you, you got to get rid of Kenny Galladay. You have to uh, get rid of him. They, you should have been got rid of Kenny Galladay. Kenny, He's Kenny terrible. Galladay should, Kenny Galladay should be in the free agent section of uh, Madden Madden 23 right now. He should not he really be should a... Be. He, he should not be employed by anyone at this point. He is not a good wide receiver, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't think that see the Giants doing anything if they get to the playoffs. They're kind of just one of those teams where it's like, you know, you, you pretty much know their ceiling. If they get to the playoffs, they're one and done. You, you pretty much know what it is. But as far as the commander's perspective, they fall to seven, six, and one. And obviously we mentioned how these two teams were a couple of the teams fighting for the last two car- wild card spots. And now they're going to be in a dogfight with two of the teams that we mentioned earlier, the Seahawks and the, and the Detroit Lions for that final playoff spot. Uh, Dallas basically is, has already clinched and is likely going to be the five seed. So Dallas is going to be the five seed. And then there's those two last two playoff spots. And it looks like it's four teams. It's the Giants. It's the Commanders. It's the Lions. And it's the Seahawks. And the Commanders' final three games, not easy. They go at San Francisco. They go Cleveland. And then they go Dallas. And da- again, Dallas might be resting starters 
week 18 because they'll are their playoff seating will probably already have been clinched but Corey, i'll go to you on this one man what do you what do you think washington needs to improve to hold on their spot and is heineke capable of keeping them in that playoff spot yes heineke is very capable i believe he's just a good quarterback and a um like for lack of better words, a mediocre offense. I think he could get it done if he had a better team around him. Like when you look at teams in his division, like Dak and Jalen Hurts, like they have a tremendous supporting cast on offense and you can see what they're doing. But at the same time, um, I think Heineke could get it done like to win it, but it all really comes down to like the defense and who could, who can hold what and um, mm-hmm. who can make the plays when it matters. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be close coming down the stretch. If I had to choose two playoff teams from the NFC, I think I would go Lions and Giants just because I think the Giants are going to win one of those last three games. I think they'll sneak in. And then we talked about it with the Lions. The Lions got those last three. And then the Commanders, the, I mean, it's a tough schedule. You got San Francisco, who's on a roll. And then you got Cleveland, who's certainly not a pushover. They've been playing better of late. And then Dallas to end the season. So I think they're definitely capable. And I like some of the weapons that they got in, in Washington. I like Terry McLaurin, I like Curtis Samuel. I like uh, I like the the young kid Dotson. I like those two running backs that they got there. But I just don't think they're going to be able to hold on. I think that there's better teams that are that are chasing them. And I'm sorry, Ernesto, but I don't think I don't think your boy Heineke. We're going to be seeing him in the playoffs this year, man. To quote Rob, shut your fucking mouth. Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to hear back's name out your fucking mouth. Heineke will be in the playoffs and he will take them to the Super Bowl and the. Wait, what did you just say? Rapies. But, okay, all right, all right. But, Shut your fucking right. Yeah, what, what's he say? That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. Uh, but anyways, we'll, we'll transition to uh, a quarterback who is, uh, you know, regardless of what Ernesto says, probably much better than uh, Taylor Heineke. Josh Allen. Uh, Josh he's Allen and the, and the Buffalo Bills. The, don't better. tell Ernesto that. Uh, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they win 32 to 29 on a walk-off Tyler Bass field goal over the Miami Dolphins, who have lost their last three games. This game, we thought it was going to be a snowball the whole time. The first half, it was pretty clear, and then the second half, we got exactly what we wanted—that snowball, that the the snowball, that playoff football type atmosphere that we wanted. Snowballs are getting thrown all across the field. Guys are making plays. We saw a bunch of Tyreek Hill, a bunch of Jalen Waddle and a bunch of Josh Allen. It turned into a really great game. And Josh Allen looks like Josh Allen again. He's been struggling the last few weeks, but 300-plus yards, four touchdowns, no picks, 70-plus rushing yards as well. That was the Josh Allen that we've been come accustomed to. And the Bills moved to 11-3. and three. They're now three games up on the Dolphins, who are 8-6 and six in the AFC East. So they just need one win in their last three games to clinch the, the division. And I'm going to go out of my way, way onto a limb, and say they probably clinch next week because they're playing Chicago. So even though Chicago played Philly tough, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say Buffalo probably wins that game. So uh, that Bears Alex, win. <laughs> oh, you think the Bears? Imagine. Yeah, that Imagine. would be crazy. That would be a crazy. That would be a crazy way to lose the number one seed. But Alex, yeah, I'll, really go to you. I'll go to you first on this one, man. Do you think the Bills can hold on to the number one seed in the AFC? And I'll give you their schedule real quick. They go Chicago, Cincinnati, New England. And then Kansas City, who they're also fighting for the number one seed for, goes Seattle, Denver, Vegas. So do you think uh, the Buffalo Bills can hold on to that number one seed that they got right now? As much as the schedule is like low-key dog shit, the Chiefs have the easier schedule. Mm -hmm. However, the Bills already have two wins because they're going to beat Chicago and they're going to beat New England because we clearly cannot play defense. Nope. It's that one game. It's that one game against Cincinnati. Huge game. If they beat Cincinnati, that that's a lock. That's it. However, mm-hmm. 
However, they will not be going to the Super Bowl this year. Ooh. And you want to know why? You want to know why? Let's hear it. That team is human. Mm-hmm. That team is human. Miami proved that they were human. Mm-hmm. Miami proved that they might be good, but they ain't that good. Mm-hmm. So my bold prediction, Buffalo gets knocked out in the divisional or the championship round. Ooh, I like it. I they're like not it. Going. They're not going. And even if they go, they're not going to win. My prediction, I'm... Bengals 49ers. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I, I would I would love that. That would be the third match. That would that would be a great that would be a great Super Bowl. I think it was a you know for for Buffalo they'd been a team that had been you know they've been getting ridiculed for they'd only been able to blow teams out and they couldn't win close games and now they're starting to win some of these close games and I think I think Buffalo their defense has not looked great. Raheem Mostert was if, if you guys were watching that game Raheem Mostert was running all over that. It's He's Raheem running by Mostert. Guys. He's and, not that good. How are you gonna let a sub tier line a sub tier running back run all over your defense? And he's running How? all over him. He's stiff arming dudes. He's juking dudes. He's going crazy. And I think if Miami would have stuck with that run game a little bit more, they would have been able to pull they that game. Won that off, game. But, like I said, Miami proves that Buffalo was very much human. I very agree. much human. I agree, but at the same time, the teams that Buffalo is going to be playing in the playoffs, like your Cincinnati's and your Kansas City's, they're not going to run the ball that much. You're, they're going to be slinging that thing around. And Buffalo's pass defense is still pretty good, but we saw big plays from Miami again. We saw Jalen Waddle with a long touchdown. By the way, Jalen Waddle so fucking fast. Jesus Christ. Ran right by those defensive backs. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then obviously we know how fast Tyree Kill is. But yeah, yeah. As, far as, as far as Miami goes, you know, they've lost three straight. So some tough opponents, San Francisco, the Chargers, and Buffalo. So you can't blame them too much for losing to those three teams. But Tua looked bad those first two games against San Francisco and, and the Chargers, but I thought he looked pretty good on Saturday. He made a couple of nice throws, like I said, at Tyreek and Waddle. Just couldn't get over that hump. So, Ernesto, I'll go to you you on this one, man. Do you think the league has figured Tua and, and Miami out, or has they just have a, had a, a rough couple of weeks? I think it's just a rough t- couple of weeks. Uh, it's also not hard to be a good quarterback when all you have to do is throw it up in the air 50 yards Keep and hope Tyreek Hill runs underneath it. Valid. What? I said that's valid. Well, th- yeah. Uh, you also have Jalen Waddle, who's also one of the fastest wide receivers in the league as well. So, like, it's – I mean, I don't know how much to dwell on it. Uh, don't think the Bills win uh, the conference. I think they'll lose one of the three games, and they're, they're going to beat New England because we uh, are trash against the Bills every single time we play them. Uh, Josh Allen cool. – uh, takes those hormones in the cold and decides to throw for 400 yards or something. <laughs> and, uh, but don't sleep on the bears beating them. Uh, that's a trap game. And, you know, we saw Jalen hurts what he did last week in that crazy, crazy touchdown run. And he's got over a thousand yards rushing. Yeah. The Bengals are one of those teams that are like started off really slow and they've really picked it up recently. They beat the chiefs and they could easily beat the bills. I think chiefs are the, top team in the in the AFC besides the Bengals. I think the Bengals are probably the best team in the AFC now that they found their footing. Their offensive line is a lot better. Their run game is good. Their receivers are really healthy and they're doing what they do best. They look good. Yeah, they look good. It's definitely I think as far as teams go in the AFC, I think as far as teams go in the AFC, it's one of the three. It's either Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati. If you're picking anybody else in the AFC, you're probably going to be wrong. So one of those three teams, I think, is going to be your Super Bowl representative. But um, I'll go back to the Dolphins, man. They're eight and six. They're holding on to that last last spot in the AFC. They got a couple of teams chasing behind them. The one of ours we hold near and dear to our heart, the Pats and the Jets. They're both seven and seven, close behind them. The Dolphins finished with games against each of those teams in their final three weeks. So they got Green Bay this week, then they got New England, and then they got the Jets. So 
Corey, I'll ask you this, man. Do you think Miami can hold on to that final playoff spot, or do you see the pass of the Jets catching them? Well, unfortunately, I think Miami will indeed hold on to that because I feel like they're the definition of a wild card team. Yep. Like they get it done when they have to against mm-hmm. mediocre teams, but when it comes to like the best, they they just fall short. Yep. So, I think they're going to get that last spot. Yeah, I agree. I think Miami's going to get that last spot. I actually think New England's going to beat them in the game that we play against them, but New England's got a tough Please. schedule. We, I mean, we play uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati, so those are two games that we're going to lose. I think we beat Miami because Miami's coming up to the cold, and I think you know we have an advantage in the cold, but. I don't see how I don't see how Miami doesn't get in. The Jets, they got Zach Wilson at quarterback now. That's not working out too hot. Um, so I think I think it's pretty much over for uh, anyone else in the AFC. I think the AFC teams are are pretty much set at this point. But we'll transition to one AFC team last week that blew literally the most historic lead in the history of leads. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings come back from a thirty-three to zero deficit with 8.30 left in the third quarter to beat the, the choke artist known as the Indianapolis Colts, 39-36. to 36. Indy jumped out to that 33 nothing lead, countless Minnesota errors, fumbles, picks, special teams, mistakes, anything you can think of. They started, and then it just started to slowly happen. Minnesota started to get their offense going. Colts offense is horrible. They couldn't get anything going, and it slowly started to come back, touchdown after touchdown. And Minnesota actually got screwed in that fourth quarter where there was a fumble from Zach Moss and it was, would have been a scooping score, but the rest blew it dead. And then Minnesota, or then, yeah, then Minnesota didn't end up scoring on that drive and they had to get the ball back again, down by eight. And then Kirk Cousins throws a little screen pass. Dalvin Cook takes it 60 yards to the house. They convert the two point play. Then you go into overtime. Greg Joseph walks it off game winning field goal to complete literally the greatest comeback in the history of the NFL an extremely wild way for Minnesota to clinch their first NFC North title since 2017. That was the year where they made the NFC championship game and they had their famous Minneapolis miracle against New Orleans. So some definitely some uh, correlations between this year's team and that year's team. Minnesota is 11 and three now, but they have a point differential of plus two. I talked about it a little bit earlier for context, Detroit, who is in their second in their division and has a record of exactly 500 has a plus differential of a point differential of plus five. So, Point differential is basically how bad you're beating teams. And, and Minnesota's winning a bunch of close games. They've gotten super lucky with all these close games this season, in my opinion. I don't think it's very sustainable for them to keep winning a bunch of these close games. And their defense is really, really bad. And in my opinion, I think Minnesota is fraudulent. So, Corey, I'll actually go to you first on this one, man. Do you think Minnesota's fraudulent, or do you think they can make a run in the NFC? They can make a run for sure. Ooh. Because they really picked it up at the right time, especially like you know when you kind of need to when it comes to the playoff hunt and what they did Sunday regardless of if it was against a choke artist or whomever you can't you don't just come back from 33-0 with like a quarter and a half that's not normal yep like we saw it once in Super Bowl 51 but like it's just not normal to have a big comeback like that and I believe that was sort of like a statement when to say like yeah we're here we're you know you know we're somebody you don't want to meet but at the same time it all depends like, again when it comes to the playoffs, it all depends who you want to face because everybody's a different animal when it comes to the playoffs because we all know it's do or die yep yeah i mean i could see them maybe winning a game but they're not better than philly and they're not better than the niners in my opinion i think they get smoked if they go up against either one of those teams in the divisional round i don't think it's close and you know minnesota they obviously have Kirk cousins who i think ernesto loves 
like almost as much as Heineke for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> but uh, he likes good quarterbacks. The, yeah, and, and for some reason I don't know, but they've got great weapons over there. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, T.J. Hawkinson, but. I just don't see it. Their, their defense is not good. They have the worst pass defense in football. I don't see how they're going to be able to, to overcome that. But I just talked about one guy, Justin Jefferson, currently leading the league and receiving 1,623 yards with three games left. He needs 342 yards to break Calvin Johnson's all-time receiving record of 1964. Essentially, he needs 114 yards per game. So, Ernesto, first of all, give me your thoughts on, or on this game. And then second of all, tell me if you think Justin Jefferson is going to break this receiving yardage record. Justin Jefferson is the greatest receiver in the NFL right now. I don't think it's without question right now. That is Minnesota's offense. And mm-hmm. uh, I was high on Minnesota all throughout the season, really. Uh, yes, I do support Kirk Cousins. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, I don't think he's better than Heineke. No one is better than Heineke. Uh, <laughs> don't roll your eyes, Alex. Don't roll your eyes. No one's better than Heineke. Uh, <laughs> I'm better than but... Heineke, and I don't even play football. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. You take that back. Comment. I'm not going to comment. I'm oh, no take comment. backs. <laughs> uh, but they're exposed in the sense that their offense is so predictable. Like, Kirk Cousins doesn't pass to anyone else. Like, when Jefferson got hurt or, like, he was on that ground for a while and then went to the sideline, I was genuinely, like, worried. I'm like, oh, God, that's it. Vikings are done. Like, and then KJ Osborne did step up a lot. Adam Thielen really didn't get targeted that much but osborne though like holy shit you traded for tj hawkinson and i barely see him getting utilized in that offense like Mm -hmm. uh, i don't get why the lions traded him the lions had so have so much cap space next season that they really could have afforded to pay him yeah and not only that you trade him to your fucking division you 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 trade him to the daddy of the north I think that show, I think that shows you what they think of DJ Hawkinson. The fact that the fact that they would trade him within division like that, like that, they, Lions, uh, Lions clearly don't think very highly of him. I don't know. Um, as far as it goes for the Colts, I, I was optimistic with the Jeff Saturday. I really wanted him to do good because you know I'm like, okay, maybe he's getting too much hate. It was like Daniel Jones when he got drafted six overall, too much hate. Let's see how the kid plays. Let's just see how it goes. Holy fuck, if Jim Irsay did not fire you on the spot after that, bro, like 33 to 0 at half. Jesus. And, and we were in the chat making jokes about it being a comeback, but like, I don't think any of us really thought it would happen. Nope. And it's just like, damn, Matt Ryan, what's up with you, man? Matt Ryan is now the author of the greatest Super Bowl choke in NFL history. Obviously, and the greatest regular one. season choke in regular 20, history. The Super, Super Bowl one was 28-3, to courtesy of Tom Brady and the Patriots. Now the author of the greatest regular season choke in NFL history, 33-0 to to the Kirk Cousins-led Vikings. And you brought it up, Ernesto. Jeff Saturday. Everyone was puffing their goddamn chest out. When he beat Josh McDaniels and the Raiders in his first game in the head as the head coach, like, oh, he proved all the doubters wrong. Look at what you can do when you come off the streets and head coach a football team. Well, now his game, now his team is one and four in the games he's coached, and he's lost to some good teams. He lost to the Cowboys, and this week he lost to the Vikings. But he gave up 30 plus points in the fourth quarter to the Cowboys. They lost to the Steelers at home, and now they blow a 33 to zero lead against Minnesota. And his five games with Indy, they've been outscored 83 to nine in the fourth quarter. In five games, 83 to nine in the fourth quarter. And Wait, he, a, just in the fourth? 
just in the fourth quarter that he's been outscored 83 to nine in the fourth quarter. It's absolutely ridiculous what's happened with the Indianapolis Colts. And you can tell he was coaching scared even with the 30-point lead. At the end of the first half, they're driving to potentially make it 37-0. to They got the ball on the Minnesota 10-yard line. It's a third and five, 50 seconds left. Minnesota's got no timeouts, and they choose to run the ball and take the three points and run the clock out. Like, y'all are afraid of giving Minnesota time back, and y'all are up by 30 points. Like, that's crazy, wild decision-making, in my opinion. And you're playing scared up 30 and Alex, I'll go to you on this one, man. This is just a ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous loss. What do you think about this one, dude? Like, this is this is a crazy, crazy loss. Like, do you think Matt? Do you think Matt Ryan and Jeff Saturday can uh, can even hold on to their jobs after this one, Alex? No. No, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Matt Ryan was a placeholder quarterback, and he knows. I'm pretty sure he knew he was a placeholder quarterback. Mm-hmm. My opinion, in my honest opinion, Indy needs to start. They need to start Sam Ellinger the rest of the season because at least it's like, hey, give the guy a shot. You know, he's done good in certain situations. He even did good against the Patriots. He wasn't that bad, all things considered. Like, let him play the rest of the season. Matt Ryan is not. He's not your guy. So move on from him. You need to find another head coach somebody's going to get fired this year. There's plenty of people that are going to get fired this year. Cliff Kingsbury. Go hire Cliff Kingsbury. Because he, he damn sure ain't going to be the Cardinals coach. Yeah, he's getting fired. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's, it is, uh, it's not looking good in Indianapolis. They have had a revolving door of quarterbacks. They've had a revolving door of coaches. They're probably going to have a new quarterback and a new coach next year because if you're Jim Mercer, how the – fuck do you bring back those two after what just happened yesterday you don't yeah you don't that is that is the answer to that question you just don't bring him back we're not going to see matt ryan he might you know he might go to a different team and you know something i don't don't know what's going to happen with matt ryan i bet he's going to be a backup for the rest of his career but jeff saturday at the end of the season if he is still a head coach of the indianapolis colts something has went very wrong because that was an absolute joke that we saw on on sun uh, on saturday excuse me that was horrible but on that extremely positive note that's going to be it for us today on the house call podcast thank you so much for watching us don't forget to like comment subscribe we appreciate all your feedback tell us what we got right tell us what we got wrong again shout out to our sponsor liquid iv go get 25 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com use our code at the checkout the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at liquidiv.com that's 25 percent off anything you order when you use that promo code i know i personally use it a lot i live here on maui hawaii it's super super humid out here whenever i step outside i start sweating and Liquid IV is my go-to drink to replenish those, uh, replenish those electrolytes. So shout out to Liquid IV. Got some great flavors, strawberry, guava. Uh, I know I personally like the watermelon. That's my favorite flavor. So go get yourself some Liquid IV on liquidiv.com using our promo code. Be sure to follow all of our individual social media pages. And then be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at The House Call Podcast, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Twitter. Then we've got a blog up as well on our website, www.thehousecall.com. Go check all of that out. Thank you all so much for the support. We hope you have a happy holidays and we'll catch you guys later. Peace. Carlos Rodon to the New York Yankees. Six years, $162 million. Hard throwing left-hander, filthy slider. 